Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Momming Autism Podcast, where we are providing a positive platform for parents to share their stories about raising special needs children. We are your hosts, Amanda DeLuca and Katie MD, and today is a special episode as I get to welcome our first autism dad, Sal DeLuca, to the show. So thank you so much for agreeing to do this. Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> inviting you to our dining room table. hmm So, Sal, I've talked about Jackson's um, diagnosis and journey um, a lot, but I think your perspective on that is a little different. Um, So, could you just share that from the beginning to where we are now? So, from the beginning of the diagnosis or just from Um, the beginning of Jackson? I would say, yeah, from the beginning of Jackson because it's always kind of been... um, different than Monroe's experience so yeah so I mean yeah you know after Jackson was born um everything seemed fairly normal I mean he was a bit of a fussy baby uh and through some trials and tribulations obviously we learned that uh acid reflux was a problem for him um but other than that he was a pretty typical hitting all of his markers um healthy little boy uh, and then as he, you know, kind of progressed in, what was it, 18 months, year and a half, um, we hit a point where we were just losing markers. Uh, what was the company or the group that was coming into the home? Help Me Grow. Help Me Grow. So um, Help Me Grow was able to come in because um, they, our county had a grant since I was a first time mom. So they were able to come in um, since Jackson was our firstborn. And um, that started from pregnancy, I think. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, so, at, you know, as they were coming in and reviewing where he was and if he was hitting his markers, we started to see the decline. Um, and I think you knew something was definitely a little bit more off than I did. Um, and, and it's probably me just being a man in that sense um, and kind of going with the flow. Um, but also because I rely on you for a lot of that. Um, you know, the, the understanding of where our kids need to be is definitely more your purview. Um, but as we went through doctor's appointments and started to learn more and understand more, you know, there, there was definitely a significant amount of frustration coming from uh, what the doctors were telling us. And it was very stressful for you, uh, which in turn made it very stressful for me. Um, so that was definitely a, a difficult patch until we finally got in. Um, thanks to the Cleveland Cavaliers for winning a national or winning the NBA title, uh, we got our opportunity to get into Akron Children's early. Um, but before that, because right. of Help Me Grow, we were able to get in with a local pediatrician um, because we were finally in the in the area of referral. Right. We were in their area of, of, for concern, I think is how it was stated. Right. Go ahead. Uh, so, yeah, we, you know, we got the first re- referral to Wheeling Hospital. Um saw the pediatrician down there and and got kind of our first diagnosis and I I think we were you know we were still on the waiting list at Akron Children's at that point so we were kind of stunned concerned we were in denial I mean we went in denial it was denial um 
and, and then obviously once we hit Akron Children's and you know didn't inform them of us having had that previous recommendation or not recommendation but diagnosis mm-hmm. um you know then it became much more real because they were almost identical to each other you mm-hmm. know they, they had very common um statements between the doctors so i think at that point is when it really started to sink in but to be honest <clears throat> it didn't i think the amount of shock or, or just the shock that came with it set in and took a lot longer for me to kind of process and understand and get through than it did for you. I I, I can, especially at Akron Children's, I can remember that day you were much more, you you were extremely upset and I I don't know that I quite understood how it was going to affect Mm -hmm. our life. Mm -hmm. So that definitely made it difficult. Well, and I think a big thing about it is when we went to Wheeling Peds. I didn't ask you to take the day off work because we were not um, going into that expecting an autism diagnosis. So I didn't ask you to come. And so I got sent home with a lot of autism moms talk about this, the um, folder or the packet. Like there wasn't a ton of information. There wasn't all of this stuff. It was just, here's your paperwork, good luck. And that's what I brought home to you. So at that point, um, I had heard it. I was giving you information secondhand, and it was just this generic, black and white, outdated packet. So I think that was part of the, it didn't set in at that point in time. Right. And I mean, obviously hindsight 2020, that there's few, if any, real pediatricians that are capable of offering any meaningful tips, suggestions um, to a child on the autism spectrum. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, unless they unless they specialize in that field, uh, which as we know is very rare, at least down in Southeast Ohio, you know, uh, where we are, but they just, you know, they provide you, they, they go through the, the scripted testing and they provide you the information that, you know, your child's on the autism spectrum mm-hmm. uh, and then you know, send you on your way. And I think that's the most unfortunate part is, you know, they provide no direction, no anything. Right. Well, and here's the other thing, too. Um, we ended up getting in with the head of the whole department um, at Akron Children's. Right. And she knew her stuff. So every appointment after, they would say, well, her availability is not that great. You can see her nurse practitioner. No, 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 no. I am not giving up Right, and, and really, <laughs> the best of the best that it, I got in with. I'm not giving that up. It's, you know, it wasn't even that she was a pediatrician. She's you know, the neurodevelopmental peds for. So obviously, they have more specialized training in children like our son as well as other children with disabilities. So you know, kind of getting that from her... Um, it, it definitely, I, I think it resonated a little bit more. Or it made it feel more real, but I still, you know, between the first diagnosis and the second diagnosis, when we left Akron Children's, it was, I, I still had no idea what that meant, what effect that was going to have on our life, what, you know, what was to come. So I, I think that was, that was probably the hardest part for me 
was to see you in so much duress and me not understanding how to react, how to help. Um, yeah, it, it definitely made that situation really stressful. But you know, I, as we went on, we met so many people mm-hmm. that were just amazingly helpful. The, you know, the special needs community in general is so willing to sit down and talk. Uh, um, you know, people came and sat at our dinner, you know, our kitchen table, um, you know, to kind of talk us through and walk us through some of the trials and tribulations that they knew we were going to see. Um, and then we met the NAA group, uh, and had the opportunity to go. And I think that's, I think at that point when we went on our first, um, to our first conference, that's where it really started to settle in. And I, I think I started to get a really good grasp on what kind of the future was going to look like. Not that we can even see that now with the amount of progress that he's made. Um, but I think that's where it really finally started to sink in for me. So, um, we've talked about this before the doctor, um, that I originally brought our concerns to because Jackson, um, had words and was talking. Um, and then all of a sudden he just wasn't anymore. And, um, I asked for a referral and he kept telling us, um, he's a boy. He'll talk when he's ready. And you agreed with him. And we've talked about that. Well, I, I agreed with him because of the outside influence around us at that point. Um, you know, that was kind of just the, that, that was what everyone said. You know, he's a boy, he'll talk when he's ready. And I think, you know, some of that comes from the ability to diagnose at a younger age now. Um, in a much better understanding of it, but I don't think anyone took us seriously either in, in saying that, you know, he was vocal. I, I think that was the part that was being either not communicated well by us or misunderstood by the pediatrician that we had at the time that, you know, he had words, he was vocal. And then it just, you know, you went from this bright, lively, loud, boisterous child uh, to, I mean, really he was just, he was quiet. We struggled with eye contact. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it, it felt like we... And we lost him to a lot of things. Like um, if the TV was on mm-hmm. or um, he wasn't responding to his name. He didn't want to transition from pureed baby food to textured table food. Like right. there were all these things that um, we didn't see at the time. But looking back now because we were first time parents, because, um, we felt we were doing everything right. And we probably were. Um, but no one was taught, like you said, no one was talking about it with us. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about, um, I've said this and I told you I was going to ask you about this too. A lot of moms have said, um, the autism journey is a marathon not a sprint. I treated it as a sprint. You Usain bolted it. I did. I did. And I lost myself. Yeah. And I know that. Um, but I made up in my brain um, that if he didn't talk before he was three, it was never going to come. And if we didn't do all of this all the time, we weren't going to make process um, progress. 
What did that look like? Because I didn't recognize it then, but I do recognize it now that I did that. And I, um, I was uh, all I've, in, in all the things. You, you left, and, and not that it, uh, again, hindsight 2020, not that it, it wasn't the best thing at the time, but you left our relationship. I know. <clears throat> Which, you know, it, under the circumstances now, you know, it, it, it was extremely frustrating for me and it, it caused a lot of tension between us. Uh, thankfully, we were able to weather that storm. Um, but, you know, you, you really, you kind of closed me out. And, and I think I also helped push you in that direction because I was still kind of in denial and, and not necessarily in denial, but I, I was not at all on the same page with you. We were not on the same plan. You know, I was kind of going by what the therapists and the doctors and everyone had said at the time. And you just, you weren't satisfied with that. And that I I think to Jackson's benefit was amazing for him, but you know, I, I'm my personality, my brain functions as well they're the experts in the field that's you know those are the people that we need to listen to um and as we've gone through this journey i i've learned that there are people that say they're experts in the field um and then there are experts in the field Mm -hmm. so um being able to kind of decipher who that is and what that is and then obviously talking with other people you know you, you definitely you you made a lot of really good decisions that uh, I would not have made early on and, and it's been nothing but a, a huge benefit and truly you know when you say it's a, a marathon and not a sprint that's true to a, a point I think um, you know because it is a long process it's a long journey nothing mm-hmm. comes quickly in this mm-hmm. um, I wish it did right but on the flip side <laughs> of that you know especially because we we, we got our diagnosis early um you know, you're sprinting, and I'm going to air quote this, um, your sprint to find as much information and do all of the necessary things, you know, has really given us a lot of progression to be hopeful that he'll be able to lead a independent life. So, and I think a lot of it was, there was no balance. Um, I was afraid to give you jobs and let you handle things. Um, and I wasn't sure what that needed to look like. Now, you handle the insurance calls, you handle um, sending the nice emails when I want to send angry emails, you handle... Um, I'm the politician. This is what I want to say, how do I say it nicely, um, is one of Sal's jobs, and he does it really well. Uh, and I still need to work on, can you do this for me, doesn't mean, can you do it right now? Because I want it all done right now in this moment at 110% all the time. And I don't ever run. (laughs) I don't ever run. I know. I know. Unless it's a kickball tournament. Right. I know. So um, I I know that now. I didn't know that then. Um, But it's okay. We, we, we've learned how to bring out the best in each other. We're certainly good at bringing out the worst in each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, 
but I, I think that's part of life and marriage and learning and but there was no um there was no handbook there were no clear guidelines um you could try this this might work some people have done this um well, yeah i mean because to put it into perspective you know when when we brought jackson home that first night i'll never forget when your mom had to come and like save us because we got here with there was no pamphlet or handbook we no. had a screaming child that you couldn't he he was unhappy because he was hungry or, or I, I think even then mm-hmm. but he was just he he's never been a good sleeper mm-hmm. uh and, and, and it was that motion he craved um motion constant motion mm-hmm. yeah so i mean looking back now there have been signs um what? of so many needs for so long right but i mean you know you have your you know you have parents and grandparents and everyone else to refer to and get information from and then you know you end up with a toddler and they say you know your your toddler's gonna have or has special needs you know the likelihood that you've got a a person on in your phone for speed dial as a referral is low probability right um so that's where it really you know, who do you trust? Where do you go? What do you listen to? Who's not trying to sell you something? Right. Because <laughs> there's a whole lot of that. Um, so one of the things I think that really changed our balance was um, school. And um, I think you not understood for the first time, but for the lack of anything else to say, why I pushed as hard as I pushed because of the pushback that we got. Can you talk about that? The pushback from the school system? Just just in general, um, that we, you know, were handed this education plan and we were responsible for fixing it and making sure it was the best it could be. And um, there were services that we needed to ask about that, you know, they didn't understand how we knew about them. Just all of these ins and outs that um, you don't know that you need to know about until you need to know them. Um, And again, I dove in head first. I sprinted to figure it all out for myself and for others. I think, um, you know, you're the outreach from you to some people in our community uh, that had children like Jackson um, really assisted because we kind of got the honest and brutal truth up front before we even entered that Mm -hmm. um so we were already prepared uh, at least to an extent to know you know what options were available to us but i I think the shocking part and and really where that fight came in was how hard it was to get anything you know the as a as an adult you expect the school system to want the best for your child um and and i'm not by any means saying that a a school system doesn't want the best for your child um but i feel like sometimes they want the best for your child within the budget that they've got set in mind um well and here's the thing schools have to to provide appropriate right not best appropriate where we are going all in with all emotion. So yes, best, because that's what we've always strived for. Right. Yeah. 
and, and you know we we pushed for more um and through a lot of difficult conversations and emails you know we inevitably showed why there was need and you know we it wasn't just well we want this because it was you know be or because someone else got it or you know we know you can offer it, it you you were very good at developing the reasons why you know here are the facts here is where he's struggling where he's lacking this is why we feel he needs so much and you know being a part of the IEP team um, that is our job you know the the school's like you said looking to do what's appropriate and we're looking you know essentially for what's best and really pushing as far as we can to get as much as we can as far as support and service and help and but not even as much as we can as much as he needs to be successful and I think that's the important thing is um, it's not always about the most minutes and it's not always about the most services it's about what they need and what serves them best yep yeah Um, so let's talk about um, this year we did Miracle League um, and that was a Sal and Jackson activity. I was there. <laughs> no one asked me to play, and I know why, and that's fine. Um, and Pap got pulled in too, um, but I know that that was something that you wanted and that you really um, were looking forward to because baseball was a part of your life, um, of your childhood, and to be able to share that with him on any field. Um, was special. So talk, can you talk about that a little bit? A, let's um, tell people what Miracle League is in case they're not familiar. Okay. Um, so Miracle League is a program, um, at least in our case, it's baseball. Um, and it's run by, a, out of a YMCA in our area. Right. Um, but it's specifically designed for special needs children. Now, my understanding is that under typical years, they usually have a, a buddy um, that would join them as well. But because of everything that was going on, uh, you know, it needed to be a family member, which made me even more excited. Um, I think it's designed, in our case, it was um, children and adults. It wasn't just right. age specific. Yeah, it was just for special needs um so it was a much slower tempo um kind of do what you want as you see fit obviously there was not, a, enough structure to it that not it was as still... you want as you're able and fair <laughs> and um adaptive yeah okay um so yes it, it, you can do as much as you're able mm-hmm. um so whether that's batting independently or assisted or, um, you know, it was just, it was a fun time because <clears throat> realistically, you know, I, I don't know that he's ever going to want to play baseball, but to be able to have that interaction was nice. I don't, um, I don't think he'd be able to do the innings because they did what? Two innings? Yeah, it was two innings. Everybody got the opportunity to bat, um, twice. And, and if you were there first, you got to hit a home run in the second inning. So that was always a, a goal. We were always really early. Uh, but two innings for him was plenty. Yeah. And, and I mean, two <laughs> innings, especially because uh, under the circumstances, you know, two innings took 
half an hour to 45 minutes, which was more than enough input for him at that point. Uh, and, and really to, you know, uh, again, the pace is slower and Jackson's very much like you at a thousand miles an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, to keep that structure for that long is about his max. Yeah. Uh, but it was a really nice, it, it was fantastic. And I know they're kind of all over the country too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if you're looking for even just the social aspect of it, not only to be, you know, for us to be around other parents, but also, you know, for the interaction around uh, other peers um, was definitely nice. The, the environment was fantastic. Everyone was amazingly friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I have friends that have were, were buddies as well uh, for a Miracle League elsewhere, and they just, they they enjoyed it very much because you know that that's that's one of those activities that not many of us expect to be able to take part of Mm -hmm. so it was cool and jackson is looking forward to it again again baseball yeah by the end of the by the end of the season uh he was swinging and hitting independently yes he was that was very impressive our biggest um struggle hurdle uh, was him running the bases once he hit um, and we can't figure out um, if it was because everyone cheered, if it's because everyone was watching him, if it's because there was an expectation, but something about them, something about that um, caused him some stress. So he would start to run um, and have a moment. So we uh, worked through it the best that we could, but um, it was definitely not his favorite part of the whole thing. Um, And then the last thing that I want to ask you is, what advice do you have for a parent who may have just received a diagnosis? And what um, tip or advice do you wish another dad would have told you? As a dad, as a husband, either one. All right, so (laughs) tip um, would be to very cautiously navigate your way through the internet search that you're bound to go on to mm-hmm. find options. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, initially we were a little nervous about ABA therapy mm-hmm. um, because, you know, the, the outdated version of what that is uh, is pretty terrifying. I wouldn't um, say it's pretty terrifying, but it's very cold and it's very clinical and it is very rigid but to me it is it's okay you know i don't want anyone to interact with jackson that way um but it's very much not the case um obviously i would you know especially if you're just getting your diagnosis that's probably one of the first things that i would suggest doing is start investigating the aba centers around you um or or companies that come in home, right? which is what we were able to find, which um, was a much better fit for Jackson. Right. It was a better fit for Jackson. And overall, um, you know, just it, it, especially if they'll let you be involved early on, um, you know, not to go back to sports, but you, you, practice makes perfect. Um, so being able to watch them interact, uh, especially for you, because you were able to be there through the majority of those mm-hmm. uh and then once they came in home i was able to get more involved too um especially this year yeah um so that you know that's that would be probably the biggest tip that i have because i i'm very much a googler 
um, and, and it was a little it was a little scary to be honest uh, and I'm sure if you if you're new to this and you're trying it, uh, it it's probably a little bit terrifying to you it's overwhelming um, right it, there's there's a lot of information to process there's a lot of gimmicks and people trying to sell you on stuff that it, it all sounds good but you know typically when it sounds too good to be true it is mm-hmm. so you know the again it is a it is a marathon not a sprint uh, it's gonna take a lot of time um, so just patience and you know do your own research and do what you're comfortable with you know as you're working with whatever therapy or whomever your child's going to work with you know make sure that you're comfortable with them because as long as you're comfortable with them you know you're you're probably at least headed in the right direction Mm -hmm. Uh, but if something for even the slightest second doesn't feel right i i would you know trust your instincts uh and as for what was the second part of that advice um for a dad specifically or something that you wish somebody would have said to you as a dad or even just as a husband um i think the best piece of advice i could give is to just be patient and listen um especially to your significant other uh for someone like me where i'm not necessarily a maternal person. I, I'm not a. You're not a nurturer. I'm not nurturing. <laughs> um, I'm a little bit more harsh than, but I, I've gotten much better at that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's taken some time to kind of settle in. That's okay. Um, but I, I definitely patience, uh, keep an open mind, be a listener, and just help. Um, because for as stressful as it is for you, uh, these ladies take it uh, to a whole nother depth and level of stress. So um, be supportive. Uh, it's going to be a storm and a wave that you got to ride out for a while. Um, so, you know, go out and get the nine o'clock cravings when they've had, you know, too much input and do what you can to help and when you say you're going to help do it i i think that's the the biggest thing and i mean those are typical marriage comments too but uh, especially under these circumstances uh, if you're new to this um you know tread lightly with your opinions just be as kind as possible well thank you so much for a first dad's momming autism podcast guest. You're very welcome. Have a good night, everyone.